0: Good morning, and welcome in everyone to another episode of The Buddhist Biohacker. It's wonderful to be back. I've had a little bit of time off the show the last week or so. I feel like it's been forever, but it's probably been like six days or something, but it feels like a long time. Um, So welcome back, and welcome to everybody who's joining in the live. Please share where you're from and how you're feeling today in the comments. As always, I am your host, Lisa Gunshore. And I am very excited to have Satyam with us today. It's been a real treat to have him some extra time in the Mm -hmm. last month, um, more than normal, which I love so much with a really important topic that I'm excited to talk about today. So welcome back Satyam.
1: Uh, Great to be back with me, Lisa. Thanks so much for making a special time for this uh, gathering and this uh, topic, which is quite apropos at this point, yeah.
0: Yeah, it really is because there's a lot there's a lot of layers to this topic. So so where do you wanna start? You wanna start with just giving the context as to you know, what we're talking about and why, and then we'll dive into it, I think.
1: Sure, I think it's great. Let's go ahead. So um, everybody I think knows with what the Olympics are and that um, in 2020 due to the pandemic, the uh, uh, Olympics in uh, Tokyo were delayed a year and now they're unfolding Uh, This this year, in the next week or two, I think they begin the summer games in Tokyo. Uh, That said, since mm, the turn of the millennium, for at least 20 years now, or close to it, there's been talk within the contemporary yoga movement that, hey, let's make yoga an Olympic event. And certain people with certain interests have been really pushing that. And other people have been somewhat organized, and others have been pushing back on it. And um, and it's kind of steamrolled and gained a little momentum and become an issue. Let's just say that it's become an issue. And uh, in 2012, uh, I wrote a blog post: "Top 10 Reasons Why Yoga Should Not Be an Olympic Event." And then uh, four years went by, and I kind of. Reintroduced it, but kept the same ten points for the 2016 Olympics, uh, and then I kind of forgot about it. You know, I was just sitting there, and I got an email from a uh, um, from a journalist. He was a uh, freelance freelance journalist doing an article on yoga in the Olympics, and I looked at it and looked legit. And he said, "Hey, I see you've, you've taken a stand on this. I'd like to interview you for my article." And actually he was doing an article, how in this 2021 Olympics, variety of athletes use yoga as cross training tool, which is fine, right? It's a cross training, mm-hmm. I mean, and the NBA does it and NFL people use all sorts of people use it as a cross all sorts of uh, athletes use yoga as a cross training. Um, but he said, look, I'd like to do, uh, a little like insert piece about whether yoga should be an Olympic event. And so he and I did a long interview, uh, and um, this is some months ago now. And then when the article came out, it looked like Yoga Journal um, did not go for it, and they just did it on the athletes, which is what which is what they pitched to him: do it how the athletes are using cross CrossFit. So he he had an earnest interest to go after it. And they had a, a different agenda so i really can't blame anyone but when all our when i worked together when that interview came out to Neil, set nothing i figured all right let me call lisa and and see if she'll take up <laughs> and as you are always open to doing that i, I appreciate that and and quite frankly um i do uh, in terms of yoga journal i kind of feel like shame on them i do think that this isn't it didn't have to be for this article they can do lots of different articles but i do think that they should um have the spine to take up an issue that would be contemporary yet somewhat controversial a lot of people in the money a lot of money people in the contemporary yoga movement want to see it they want to see it become an olympic event and we'll go over those those reasons why and um uh, for example when the freelance writer spoke to me he said he couldn't get people to speak on record on this who were against it they didn't want their name going out for whatever reason um and that wouldn't have bothered me, rather I was looking forward to it, but it didn't go. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, uh, let's let's see where, how to do this. I kind of broke it up into sections that whenever you have an Olympic event, there has to be an expectation of what is that event and defining that event. For example, if it's a, um, a ski jump competition, then everybody knows that what they're looking for is height, and distance and composure or if it's a swimming event then it's a particular stroke and it's very well defined how that stroke should be and uh, you know the secret the turns and timing of the, the distance and no one will sit back and say hey that wasn't a ski jump they may disagree what was uh, but no one will there's there's no question of whether is that event what you're saying that event is when when the, when the basketball teams uh, play no one's saying hey that isn't basketball no it's agreed mm-hmm. on that is basketball so the events are always based on an, an agreed on uh, definition of, of what the event is right and so then when it comes to yoga that doesn't hold yeah. Because the yogis, the yogic formula is based on mind, it's based on spirituality, it's based on uh, selflessness, it's based on realization, it's based on all those phenomenal tenets that lead one to proceed on the path of yoga.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And um, those things are not immediately measurable, first yeah. of all, by, by the naked eye, just as a if you just put someone on stage. But basically, what they want to do is distill the, um, all of yoga into yoga posture, into mm-hmm. asana. When there's so much about yoga, there's, there's diet, there's fasting, there's um, yoga, yogis have talked on all different uh, linguistics, history, uh, gender issues. And then there's just the pure spiritual uh, aspect uh, beyond above and beyond the social components so the 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 asan or the yoga posture itself was never meant to be an end it was it was always just a tool to help develop the physical body and the mind to be um to for the platform of yoga It was not a a competition in that regard um
0: it makes me think of like it seems like a monty python sketch or something where they're like just sitting meditating and being judged. Like, how do you yeah. how do you judge that? You right, can't. right,
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly. It, it, your, your point is well taken, and <laughs> you know, maybe some type of of, of uh, you know hyperbole or comedy or or uh, thing like that would be um, would be appropriate to bring shed light on just how ridiculous this is. You know, some type of so. But but if um, I mean the, the the one who is most uh, forthright in putting this forward. Uh, was you know, the Bikram community? They wanted to have a competition and have their people out there and whatever they want to do from it. Mm-hmm. And the, just the mere, the mere. Let's say we would accept that. Okay, we're going to do that. Then what would it lead to? What would it look like? Well, you'd be. There'd be this whole thing about you know body imaging. Which mm-hmm. yoga does not accept? It's not everybody's every every human shape and form is fine. You just do the postures to ones that are appropriate for you. But naturally, it would be turned into some quasi beauty competition and body. I mean, the the fact that it's already out there. Open the pages of Yoga Journal and see what photos are there of people. Just mm-hmm. look at the photos.
0: Well, yeah, and and also the the classes themselves. I mean. You know, when you go to certain studios, the whole thing is a competition. I remember, I'll never forget, I'm going to a yoga class at a studio I'd never been to before, and they, like, like, there was, like, at the beginning of the asana, it wasn't, and then, like, in the middle, it was like, oh, everybody pop up into handstands, and everybody was doing handstands and headstands, and it was so uncomfortable because, first of all, I wasn't there. I wasn't ready to do a handstand or a headstand at that time, number one, but the competition energy was really high. It made you feel like, oh, the whole point was to do this, and then when I went through the yoga teacher training, I noticed that if I did teach a class with a headstand or a handstand, everybody was doing it incorrectly i mean let's face it doing it out of alignment yeah. trying to push themselves into something and i think it's the danger of something like yoga is this muscling into these postures that you're not ready for yet and that your body's not ready for um, it, it, it's an icky energy
1: <laughs> well, no, absolutely and not and not only is it icky it's the antithetical to what the yogic teachings are it's about that. It would promote self glorification, and and yoga is about selflessness, and it would promote um, individualism. Uh, it would promote all sorts of materialistic values would get superimposed into the asan practice. And your point is so well taken that it, it it goes against the spirit. And in order to power into those positions, heck, people would say, "Let me get that competitive edge. Let me get a few steroids in me." I mean. Wh- why wouldn't that happen? Um, Or, or uh, just the way people get lured into um, those type of uh, drugs for other events that sometimes they're caught. So I mean, it brings up all the negative side of human of uh, capitalist materialistic outlook that that yoga is um, does not espouse. Mm -hmm. And you're just uh, injecting that into into the practice and into the presentation of yoga to the whole globe. I mean, it's, wow. a mis- you know, so the, the, that, that's a big problem. And now some people will say, no, 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 you are, uh, you, you misunderstand. It's about, it's about putting yoga out there and then people will figure it out. They'll get it. And it doesn't work that way. You know, right. it, it, it really doesn't work that way um you can't take something and take away its purity present it in a bastardized manner and then say people will figure out the purity it doesn't happen like that make a kindergarten and uh teach them the alphabet in the wrong way and then see what kind of harm that does and how quickly they're able to figure it out it's it's a wrong teaching you have to undo that teaching it you know there's a thing in yoga that um or there's a teaching about a uh, two guys go to a guitar teacher. And uh, I, think I may have been told this on the po- on this podcast another time, that uh, w- one person, he's the teacher says to the two prospective students, he says to one, have you taken b- lessons before? He said, No, he said, Okay, then for you, it's $10 an hour. And then he says to the other person, Have you taken lessons before? He said, Yes. He said, For you it's $15 an hour. And the guy said, Hey, I've taken lessons, how come it's more for me? He's like, Well, first I have to undo all your bad habits that the other that you've learned. That <laughs> I'm not starting with the clean slate. So here the idea is that if we impose or we project a false or misconceived notion of yoga to the whole globe. Then, when you want to teach them the right thing, you have to undo that negative thing that's been imposed, and that's not a joke because it's already been set in the mind. That was the first thing they learned, and it's not easy to undo that. Yeah, so it does. So you they, they they can't make the claim that this is the way to uh um to put forth the teachings of yoga. Mm-hmm. Then there are other people who say no, but it'll become popular, you know, which is similar. It's a, a similar type of edge, but that That also doesn't work. We're not after popularity. We're after a certain integrity of it's a discipline after all. Um, mm-hmm. And it, that discipline has to be maintained. And then whoever comes it doesn't come, that's fine. but at least the discipline's maintained. So when people earnestly want to learn it, it's there for the learning. But yeah. if, for instance, if, let's say someone's a study hall proctor, and the principal's been asking him, how many people come into your study hall each week? And the guy says, well, I had three, and then two, and then three, and two. And the guy's like, you know, this is no good. I'm only getting two or three people. How about if I put a little dance music during the study hall? And advertise, well, dance music. And then he starts getting eight. He says, how about if we serve maybe a couple cocktails during the study hall and do that? And next thing you know, it goes, and uh, maybe some cigarettes. And it anties up each week until you've got a full-blown rock and roll party, or whatever you want to call it. Or um, And you've got all these negative elements involved. Those people who want to do the study hall can't do the study hall and leave. And then you've got this mass of people who are coming for this party. and. He gets. It's called study hall still, but there's no study hall there. You can't buy right. study hall. It's been and so that's what yoga and the Olympics would uh, tread that path. That in order to make something popular, uh, make it what it isn't, attract everybody, and then you're left with only a shell and not the essence of what you were seemingly trying to espouse in the first place. Mm-hmm. And quite, and we see that all the time.
0: I was going to say it's already there. Who yeah, needs the to make that happen? It's already happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has
1: happened. Um, like for example, I mean, people in in their good spirit and sometimes ignorance or naivete, or whatever. Uh, this I see this all over the place. Yoga with wine, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yoga with wine. Well, okay, what? Well, let's say um, then then it if you want to it's the two should not be brought together at the same time, or uh, because the intoxication and people can say, well, it's only a little bit. But the point is, is that yogis don't drink wine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, or they don't use intoxicants in that way. So if you, you the two have to be separated, it can't be done, the yoga teacher cannot be promoting the use of alcohol. And as an allurement, hey, do the class and you get a free, free wine at the vineyard, or a free beer, a free chug, then um, it, it doesn't, it's, it's a bad look. It, first of all, you're promoting uh, as something that's addictive, something that degenerates the mind. And, um, and I know people like to say, Oh, no, don't be such a purist. But no we have to stand up for it i'm not saying you can't drink wine just don't do it in the name of yoga at least that much right yeah. um uh just like um if you want to go out with uh let's say you're in a space where there's pro- where prostitution's legal okay you want to go out to the prostitution okay do it but if you're a married man you know at least have a little bit of integrity don't go around saying yeah i'm married i'm married. you know, we go to prostitute hall every friday that it doesn't work mm-hmm. um, so the same here, this doesn't work. If someone wants to drink, say, hey, I'm taking a break from my yoga practice, I'm doing something against the teachings, or I'm doing work, it cannot be done in the name of yoga. Beyond that, people are free to do whatever they want. The society's open, but just don't do it in the name of yoga. And so this idea of using vice or using uh, the argument to popularity in order to promote something actually only serves to undermine it. It does not serve to promote the cause that you want. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's... Um, a key element there that that. um, Yeah, and then of course, there's, um, there's uh, the king himself, Bikram himself, he came to the US as a um, uh, self promoted champion of yoga with photos of his of the of the trophies that he won. So you can say that, okay, it wasn't the Olympics, but it was an Olympic type of event that apparently he won or he says he won and then what do you have well you have someone who uh has sexual misconduct you have someone who has tax evasion who has uh gone against the bond you know the the code of marriage who has gone against so many codes that he's now got to be in hiding and he's under all different types of arrest, arrest warrants so mm-hmm. it becomes um that 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 you, you, we don't need to experiment with. We see what the champion was and what quality of individual they were, and that doesn't have anything to do with the tenets of yoga.
0: Well, and it, it it's that ego, right? Like the whole point, And I we've got a couple good questions here. First off, Jackie is asking, and I love your question: Why isn't it good to have wine with yoga? Is that a silly question? And you no, know, no. Jackie, what I what I want to say about it is. This is this is why I think you and I are so passionate about what we're talking about today, because it, it seems like it's not a big deal. But it's the fact that there are hundreds of thousands of yoga studios in the United States and they're not teaching yoga. They're teaching the Asana and the Asana is a physical movement and it has a lot of benefits and it's part but just like you said satyam it's not the end and so the reason it's not good to have wine with yoga is because it's not part of the yoga sutras but if you're not learning that from your yoga instructor then you're actually not learning the full petals, all the petals of the lotus of yoga. It's right. it's a whole package, and um, that's something to keep in mind. We also have a, a just a little question too. It looks like from Richard. He says, as a meditation beginner, should I focus on breath or numbers? I do both when meditating. Should I be um, focusing on one or the other, and I know that's kind of off topic, but I
1: thought we'd address. No, no it. both agree. Let's get back to Jackie's question in a very practical manner, because we don't want to come across as philosophical geeks or people who are naysayers or anything. So, Jackie, here's the point: Yoga is about liberation. It's about freedom, freedom of mind. If someone is smoking cigarettes, they may think that they're free. But they're not free. They're addicting to. They're addicted to a vice. They're not free not to smoke. Their mind is actually in bondage. I mean, materialism. They're free. Okay, I can smoke if I want to. But their their mind is actually in bondage. And alcohol is also addictive. The person is. It's a disease. Alcoholism is a disease. It binds the mind. The mind is no longer free. It's become linked to something that's an addictive thing. Then there's also the fact that it becomes. Uh, it's also an intoxicant and that means as soon as you start to take that alcohol the subtle mind will shut down and the mind will run towards external physicality if someone drinks they may start to eat things that they would not normally eat they lose their composure and discipline they might start to snack on things that they would normally think of unhealthy they may start to engage in sexual activity that they would not normally, I mean, beer goggling. When I was in college, there was a big thing, hey, no beer goggling. People were doing it, whatever you want to call it. But it ta- one's, one gets attracted to external physicality and the mind loses its ability to control the injuries, the motor and sensory organs. So people start doing things they would not do if they were in a proper frame of mind. And people say, well, one glass, well, one glass needs to another. And the yogic point is, that there should be strict discipline, and but the meditative mind, the desire to do meditation, will shut down. The mind will not like to go inside. It, alcohol automatically makes the mind run towards external physicality. It excites the lower, the lower propensities, uh, and so. The more you drink, the more of a slave you become to those things, and it, it it goes against the very ethics of yoga. It's not like some little purist or snooty point. It's it, it undermines the very thing that you're trying to do. Um, it's like, uh, I mean, it, it just weakens. It weakens what we have in yoga is our mind. That's what we have, and yeah. to intoxicate it is to undermine it. It's like going into a car race and taking uh, knives and plugging out all the air of your tires, you won't be in the race. And same here. Mm-hmm. So, so It's, it's I,
0: similar to, to, to like eating chocolate cake while you're running on a treadmill, like you just yeah. don't you're, yeah. you don't fill up with things that you're ultimately trying to clear out. Yeah. And it's much there. There's it's much bigger than the physical component, but I would say it's like that, wouldn't you? I mean, it's like you're you're yeah. taking in something when you're trying to eliminate it at the same time.
1: Right, right. It will and it undermines your ability to perform. It, mm-hmm. it, it, uh, so yeah. And so I understand that we live in a society where um uh, everything is freely available to us. Um and and as people come onto the path that they'll find more and more that there's freedom in discipline uh and and that's really what yoga is about that you're free of those vices and and it takes a little bit of uh of desire to to move on that path but ultimately you i think you come out with a better quality human being with better habits Mm -hmm. Uh, so um and if Jackie, uh, that was Jackie's question. You, you, you feel free to pose another question or write me offline. i uh, I never tire of talking about this. So,
0: um, Carrie yeah, K- has a comment, which I love, which says any movement therapy should not include competition, please. Thank you both so and, much.
1: And the other thing is yogis believe in healthy competition, not competition itself. So the idea is never to defeat anyone, but to do it in a way that encourages others to proceed in the right manner. So I appreciate that, that comment very much. And mm-hmm. um, I think there was also Richard's comment about the meditation, yeah. right? Yes. All right. Should I focus on breath or numbers? I do both when meditating. Should I be focusing on one? I'm not quite sure what Richard means exactly by numbers, and that, unless it means counting of the breaths. Um, but um, generally, it, <laughs> it may be. Um, but I would, I would focus on the breath and ultimately the breath the breath is not the end point but it's the starting point of harnessing the mind breath is very good because breath is the linking point between the physical body and the psychic body the psychic body is by definition elusive we can't see it it, it, it run, it runs hither and thither it's not easy and so we need to take help from all tools we can by um, for, for instance, by not drinking alcohol, the alcohol makes the mind run more, but also by using our breath, because the breath is something very concrete that we can use to start to harness the mind. So breathing is a very good starting point to, and then tap into, well, what's happening with my mind? Is it becoming more calm, more steady? Well, in uh, what about different breathing patterns? The duration of the breath, the how many steps of the breath? Um, and I'd say, uh, Richard, I, I have a meditation class. You're welcome to come on in and 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 participate in that. Um, to, uh, I'm glad to give you teaching that one online, and we that goes. That's something we address every week in class every Thursday.
0: Awesome. Yeah, well, good. and Bridget has a question too about. She said, "How did goat yoga become a thing?" Well, we're you talking about lion in yoga. I, There's I, also goats in you, yoga. You know like,
1: how Goat yoga payment thing. If they're if they're feces was mushy it would not be a thing if no dog <laughs> yoga because no one wants that on them but the goat pellets are dry they're like rabbit pellets and it doesn't become gross and disgusting so that's one thing i mean anything can become a thing if people that's a problem with capitalism if you can make money money off it then it becomes fair game and yogis are not like that Um, so I I assure you, no one's getting realization of progressing on the path from goat yoga, it's a gimmick. Um, I don't see those people, but they could sell it. If they couldn't sell it, they wouldn't do it. But they can Mm -hmm. sell it. The goats are cute, all that stuff. Um, But, um, but I guarantee you if their poop was a little bit more smelly or a little bit more messy, there would be no such thing as goat yoga. (laughs) it's, It's that simple.
0: My cat likes when I do yoga. She yeah. cats love they think it's the most interesting yeah. thing when you're yeah. doing very yeah. peculiar yeah. positions. Yeah. They're like, yeah. "What is happening here?" And she always wants to attack me and do crazy things when I'm trying to do yoga.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, you know,
0: this all goes back to what I think is the deeper like root of this whole conversation, which is what is the intention of yoga? Mm-hmm. Because yoga was never intended to be a competitive sport it was actually never a sport yeah. it's a practice and it's a spiritual practice so you cannot judge a, a spiritual practice you shouldn't it's it, to me that's not in right action
1: right right and 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 for that matter those people who are olympic judges are in no position to judge something of that nature anyway but yeah you you but there should be no judgment of it and Yoga is a lifestyle, it's a practice, it's inclusive, it's all encompassing it. And you cannot pull out one thread and say, this is it and we're gonna have our competition. Um, so uh, what, what yoga, what we want to encourage is refinement is, uh, and is, is encouraged one and all. Um, more, when things become Olympic events often you know th- there's the whole spectator class and yoga is not it, there's there's no such thing as spectators in yoga everybody should participate what you can do you'd be you practice and um, so the, it, it's 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 so far from what the Olympics would have to offer or how they would want to present it that um, it, you know it, it's just a not it's, it's a non-match it it doesn't work um, all the main principles and teachings of yoga are antithetical to being up on a stage with flashing lights and people trying to uh ma- market this the market this as um you know the glamour the it doesn't work. I'm not against the Olympics, mind you. All those sports and things that are events for the Olympics, fine. I mean, those are sports. They they were designed as competitive events, all those things, and that's fine. But yoga should not be tr- brought into that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And and what do you think about, I mean, without getting either of us in trouble, but what do you think about, I mean, I, I have noticed with like the magazine you mentioned like i've noticed the movement towards the kind of the mainstream mes- messaging as far as like the making it this glamorous fitness and moving away from like what it really stands for and so how do you feel about some of these bigger yoga companies and and producers of yoga content and products and all these things moving it into a space. that's taking it really away from what it means, you know, yeah. and, and it's a weird thing. I'll, I'll also add to that. So I'm like, we have, like you said, the creator of Bikram yoga completely corrupt. We have Yogi Bhajan completely corrupt Kundalini community corrupt. I mean, we have all of these, things happening within the yoga community, this like, there's a disintegration of the the false guru. There's also this buildup of a facade of, of what it should be to Westerners when it, it and taking it away from what it means. Like, I mean, what are your thoughts about all that? Because that's a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's a big topic. Uh, that yoga has so many beautiful things to offer. And, um, and I think that as people that we that we do find there's, I don't want people to think that because um, there is a problem in the yoga movement, there there is there's 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 a mis um, And, but the the it's people taking it to It's part of it is mixing with capitalism Mm -hmm. part of it is um bringing it to where where people uh have mixed it with um their sexual inclinations um or, or weaknesses it happens and what we can do and what we have to do is to maintain the initial pillars of the practice, um, this have where there are people, there's going to be degeneration. And our aim in any field, if you're a plumber and you know someone's putting in bad pipes in someone's houses, you got to call out the plumber. You can't just go on with your life as a plumber and say, "Well, that's not my deal." Whatever profession, whatever discipline, whatever activities we're engaged in, we have to. It's our duty to maintain the authenticity and integrity of that so that you can protect those people who are not aware about that. Those people who are worked for the SEC against the stock market in the stock market or those people working in the stock market, they have to call out the bad eggs in that because the, the general public is not, they don't have a view on of what's going on with that. So it's in any field, this, this happens where there are people and the good people in that field must stand up strong. They can't just look the other way and say, well, I got mine, my, 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 my studio's clean. And, you know, too bad for those people who got wrapped up in that bad gig over there down the street with that other studio. That, that doesn't cut it. Um, so we have to really join forces, not look after our own interests, but maintain the integrity of the practice. And that would be good for everyone. And the way that the best way to do that is to promote the actual teachings of yoga rather than to promote yourself or to promote certain things that you know you can profit off of and mm-hmm. but, but that profit gimmick is so i mean someone say hey, do you have a successful studio oh, you yeah, have a successful studio why do you have success? well we got 2400 students a month you know we're, we're thousand grand in the black each and every week we're so forth so on and they're and you they end up having a conversation, they may as well be running a discotheque. I mean, all of a sudden, um, it just they may as well be talking about anything. It means any type Mm -hmm. of and that's that's part of the problem with mixing yoga with capitalism, because the bottom line becomes just that: the bottom line, how much you're making. And it's, it's easy to attract people offer yoga with wine, you get 120 people coming successful event you undermine yoga you in and you indoctrinate people into the wrong understanding of yoga plus if there were some good-hearted people who did not drink and then you got them involved in drinking because they came to that event then shame on you you took a pure Mm -hmm. person and made so or you instilled a vice into someone who did not have that vice it's hard enough in this world to go on and and not be attracted to all the neon signs all over the place. But if the yoga industry is gonna do that, then you know how are people ever gonna get success? Ultimately, we need to come clean on this. And um, so we have to maintain the integrity of yoga so that people get the right conception of what it is. And for those people who have an earnest desire, they, it's out there for them. And it's not just like, um, you know, you know, yoga in a can or yoga in a bottle or yoga, in, you know, yoga for a profit. So it's a massive issue. It's a massive issue because there's no ends to what people do to try and make money or to try to satisfy their own desires.
0: Well, and that's profound too. What you're saying about, you know, how do you define success? You know, are you defining it through capitalism? Or are you defining it through the experience of your community and your students? Um, April, I love you. And April's got some great comments. I am, she said, I've found, especially in the past five years, there's a polarization between the glamorization and fashion of it and the healing power of the yoga, the union of self. And she goes on to say, it's interesting how it seems to be asking those of us in the community to make a choice. It's almost like there needs to be two different names. Now there are no longer similarities.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it has been. I mean, I have to agree with you on that, that it has been multiplying and partly because um, yoga has become more popular and there's a competition to get more students, right? And, then, and so there's no end to what people will do to get students. And with what you just said, like what becomes the definition of success. And it has become more polarized. And um, And this is not a new thing uh this is it um this has happened over time in uh, someone introduces something and then it becomes bastardized and then what it becomes is no longer indicative of what the name is and yoga means union and actually uh so and it means union of uh unit self with cosmic self with unit mind to cosmic mind it's purely psycho-spiritual and that is what it's about. That And you, the problem is you can't sell that. <laughs> no one can sell that. Even great teachers, you, everyone has to do it. I mean, you can guide people along at the beginning, but ultimately people have to pick up the baton on their own, right? That's the whole thing. There's no shortcut in yoga. That if, there, if someone's telling you a shortcut, then you know you're off the path. You, everyone, this life is for living and for realizing and if you can just sell it on a street corner for 10 bucks that's not you're not getting what uh you know it it doesn't work that way you can't cheat the cosmos you can cheat the police you can cheat the mayor you can cheat the irs you can cheat. but ultimately you can't cheat the cosmos cosmic mind knows where there's hypocrisy and there's no shortcut on the the spiritual path Mm -hmm. there are fakes but they're not getting anywhere but there's not there's no shortcut you can't buy your way through it
0: Well, and it's interesting because myself and April is one of my dear friends and colleagues and we've been talking about this and and exactly what you're talking about, Siam, which is it's tough to sell inner work and self enrichment like people don't want to do the work, you know, and I'm super grateful for everyone that's in our community for all of you who are watching the show right now who do want to do your work because no one can do it for you. And when they're telling you that they can do it for you or you're creating competition around it, just like what we're talking about with yoga in the Olympics, like when you create competition, you can't competing with your inner work and your yoga practice is like, it's, it is an oxymoron. I mean, it's completely contradictory ideas. Because the whole point is to remove the ego and the ego is the competitive energy.
1: Right, right. It's well put. It's well put. You're trying to overcome the trappings of the ego, and this is feeding it, and it yeah. becomes more people become more myopic, more small-minded, and um, and there there'll be tremendous disappointment. I mean, there's just there's a lot. But your point is well taken, absolutely. If if um, if that type of competition is promoted, um, we we run the risk of there being they'll. The, the most basic thing, there'll be a rash of already, we're struggling with this, that this rash of injuries within yoga, that people should to, to go beyond what their body is willing to do. And that that will only uh, exponentially increase. Uh, you know, the healthy yoga uh, should, there's no need. There should be no need for surgeries. You've practiced gently, you move and it, whereas, you know, I know a lot of the famous gymnastics and, They've gymnasts. They've had. uh, Yeah, I know Mary Lou Retton. I think she's had thirty or forty knee surgeries. So, um, and that's okay. That's part of. That's part of the game of gymnastics. But that is not part of the game of yoga to do it to that type of extreme where you're pushing your body beyond. But also the the, this ego and the the disappointment, the shame that comes of losing or so-called losing. It just it doesn't promote a healthy environment and. the yogi say, if you want to compete, compete in selflessness. How many people can you help? How many people can you feed? Serve, serve, serve. Do it that, that type of competition where you're helping someone else. Because right? the, def- the definition of greatness of yoga in yoga is very interesting. They say unto yourself, you can't become great. It's impossible. You can only become great when you help others become great then that will make you great. So it's not an independent endeavor. So you can't just do an asana and say, look, that person is great at that asana, that, that posture. No, they're great at that posture. If they promoted 2000 other people to also practice in a very beautiful, calm, quiet, sweet, serene manner, then they become great. And they only become great because they helped others to proceed along the proper path, not because of any type of self-glorification or, or uh, outdoing anyone else. So it really just doesn't fit the model of the Olympics or today's public <laughs> breed of competition. But it's the easiest thing in the world to say, hey, let's just grab it out. We'll do it. You know, we can can it. We can market it. that we can have mini competitions, junior Olympics, regional Olympics, and uh, we'll have judges. There'll be entry fees. I mean, you can see the the, the 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 makers of and the people promoting probably have pot bellies and would never want to do yoga, but they're fat cats who want to fill the wallets. So right. I mean. It would just be, um, but it's easy. It's easy because it's tangible. There's uh, the, the society is already, their minds are already made to uh, to accept that because everything is done in that way. You know, there are writing competitions. There's Everything is done in, in, in that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, whereas if you tell someone say, the uh, many of the main teachings of yoga are, are very new for people and they're not, they don't come easily to those involved in, mat- in materialism. Uh, it's it's a new way of thinking a new way of doing but the outcome is better. But, uh, but yeah, they can can it, they can sell it and it's easy. So that that's why that's why I came up in the first place.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, in April saying, how would you even judge it? And I just keep going back. I'm going to, I'm going to find a meme. There's got to be one somewhere, but I mean, you just can't judge like the practice and the meditation and even the, the asanas themselves. I mean, even if you get into alignment or any of those things, like yeah. everybody is so different and that goes back to the individualized energy of yoga too. So I mean, there's there's so much to like making it into something that it's not
1: right. And the posture would be is oh, only one sliver, there actually is a way to see how far one is advanced on the path of yoga. And that's by looking at their daily conduct, how they conduct themselves. Um And that then you can get a sense of what their mind because you only can behave based on the ideas that come in your mind. The ideas that come in your mind, you're going to uh, um, reflect those in your, in, your, in your speech and in your actions. And that is, then you can get a sense if you watch someone for weeks and months, that's why never all the fancy uh, teachers and preachers of yoga these days, you can't just go based on their work. You have to see how do they behave because there's been so many scandals and so many by in so many different uh, paths. So by by one's conduct, is their conduct refined, then, um, and I I broke it down into five things, and five basic things to uh, very rudimentary things to see. And then this is the baseline, if they don't do these things, then that you look at what they eat, you look at what they drink, You look at what they spend their money on. You look at how they spend their free time and you check out their sexual patterns. If you know those five things about a person, you can see, wait, are they really interested in spirituality or and I'm not saying there's only one answer to those things, but those are a good indicator, you know, if someone spends, um, you know, gives an hour talk on on spirituality and then, you know, spends the whole weekend uh, test driving sports cars, uh seeing porn flicks and whatever and there's nothing against sports cars but when with their mind is that high they're going to help other people that's what they're going to, want to spend it with their free time on so it all has to match up there's no timeouts in yoga there are zero timeouts you can't say okay now i'm going to do something different no it's you know the military they get they get they have time they're off and time they're not they're when they're off base, then they're free. In yoga, you're never free. You're always bound by the discipline 24/7. And some people think, "Whoa, I don't want that," and that's okay. But that is the discipline. You can't mm-hmm. just like if you're in a marriage. See, the the the, the um or or a committed relationship that is a non-materialistic um thing that remnant that still holds in our in our society of of uh, materialism. And same thing with child rearing. If those things go against, it's expensive, you, you, you don't get your money back in your return, it, it goes against materialism, but it's based on love. And it's based on commitment and dedication and the welfare of someone else, regardless of what sacrifice that is for me, I'm going to help that person. And we're going to grow together as a family. And that family model is the model of yoga for the greater society. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing left when the family when the family model in capitalism materials ends, then there's really nothing left. Then you just got a bunch of wild people running around. And there's no it's you're back to the Wild West. There's no rhyme or reason. <laughs> and you know, the guy with the biggest gun wins and so be it. That's it. There, there, there's no sense and no, no social code, no, social, no, no responsibility. And so um, so it's really about care and selflessness and helping others and and that you have we all know when we meet a quality person that person is compassion that person is helpful that person um and and it makes an impression and it's inspiring and we've all met people like that and they've inspired us to act to a higher ideal mm-hmm. and you don't find that in in capitalism you, you just you just don't I mean we've seen uh, time and again, um, so um, yeah, it, uh, it it's a fine line, but it it um, it's it's easy to get it's easy to lose the track. You you got to say you've really got to hold on to that ideal um, of following a. There needs to be a goal and refinement of mind. Everything that's done in the yogic ideal all day long is based on refinement of mind because they know how difficult it. Is. Because when you sit for meditation, meditation is the hardest thing to concentrate, to keep the body still and point the mind towards spiritual ideal. There's so many distractions that come. So the whole day is built so that your mind is calm and peaceful. So when you're able to sit, it will actually move in that direction. Even then it's difficult, but it'll move. And and, uh, and so the whole yoga uh, day and practice is built in that regard. Um, and which goes and if and the yoga that would be promoted in the Olympics would uh, not reflect that ideal, it would reflect something else.
0: Mm-hmm. Where is that going with yoga in the Olympics? I mean, right now, are they is this going into this space where they're really going to put it? I mean, I don't even know. I'm asking because I just don't even know. Yeah,
1: no, I also don't know. I don't think. I don't think it's. It's it, first of all to make anything in an a Olympic event, it you have to go through a process. You have to show that you can do it in on the regional level. Like taekwondo, I think became an Olympic event twenty years ago. It wasn't. They had to go through a series of steps. Um, I, I don't think it's like going to just, you know. Roll into the next Olympics, and my—I think people are pushing for it. It's not an issue, actually. I really follow all that much, it, just because that uh, freelance writer called me. The journalist called me up. That's what got me back onto it. Uh, he and I had a—he was really good. He—I I appreciate him uh, a lot, and um, uh, we had a nice conversation about. It. And he was really open-minded. You know, like a journalist should be. They were. He was calling to get the to get one side of the story i don't say mine's the full story but it's 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 my understanding um mm-hmm. and and he let me uh uh he was curious what that was but what, what that was so no i don't know where it is but i don't think it's like imminently close so it you know i think we'll know if it's if it's going uh yeah it, that, that if, if it's starting to gain a little momentum i yeah. didn't say much about it yeah, yeah. Well,
0: it'll be interesting to see what happens over time. And hopefully, the intention behind yoga can be restored, especially in the West, where it was never really understood, probably ever in a real way. Um, But I feel like, you know, it it, for me, like I said, it just goes back to the intention, like, why are you practicing yoga,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. And And, you know, I I did not I'm sorry for jumping. Oh, go ahead i um, there i think it is but those people are quiet it you know they they're, they're quiet and and there are pockets so i don't mean to i don't that in every country of the world i think you can find sincere practitioners sincere seekers who their heart just melts for it and they they yearn for it and they sacrifice all sorts of things in the in the physical sphere uh, and the materialistic sphere and financial sphere to pursue their practice in a nice way and and i so um, and and I think that most people who come to class, I mean, it's it, the, the masses of people, they come to class not to profit off of yoga. They come to class to refine themselves, whatever degree they, they think. So most people, it's like 95% of the people in the world are good people and a few people spoil it and make make things look like everything's really bad. But most of the people on the planet are good, hardworking, honest, kind, compassionate people, trying to get by and being good friends and being good spouses and all that stuff and so and and most of people come to yoga practice no one i don't most people come with the idea let's become healthier let's be no one so goes in says let's trash the institution i don't (laughs) know anyone do that But, but those people who get in positions of power they start getting greedy they start getting degraded they start losing either they never had the right intention or they did and they lost it but the massive people come in, they want to be taught something right. They want to learn something either for their physical body, I don't say everyone's purely involved in spiritual uh, yearning. But that comes with time where some people get it at the beginning, who knows why that happens in whatever order. But everyone wants to become better either physically, or they want to become stress free or mind relaxed or, you know, so there's a lot of I mean to say this, Humanity is basically positive, but we just need to uh, keep the flow going in the right way, not let anything get hijacked. Yeah, that's well said. That's well said. Oh my gosh,
0: I love all the comments too. Thank you guys so much for participating. Jason was just sharing here um, that he didn't know the mean true meaning of yoga until about two years ago, and and that's that's true. I mean, I think there's so much depth to yoga. I mean, for me, um, when I went to teacher training, for me, it was a really physical learning. I, I had no idea that I was doing so much incorrectly <laughs> and out of alignment. Yeah. Um, and the spiritual piece was like, oh, I've been doing this for like 15 years, you know, but sometimes it's a complete opposite. There were other <laughs> students who the spiritual piece was very overwhelming and intense, but they could go do a handstand without thinking twice, you know, where for me that took six weeks to even try to do it, let alone do it by myself. I still can't, but you know, so everybody's in different places, but that is the beauty of yoga is, is it's meeting your mat where you are today in the present moment and being in different places, which goes back to the whole premise of today's topic anyways, which is how can you judge a sport that really is based on your spiritual practice and where you're at right now? It doesn't right. mean, no one's going to be equal or or the same because we're not
1: right exactly and and one thing here the the because the, the, every people are practicing yoga poses and we have to remember the reason why there are so many yoga poses is because there's overlap so that if someone can't do one pose they can do another pose that gives the same or similar effect it's not like we have to do the advanced pose and then we get the benefit. Even the simple side bend. So no one should think that they have to do a side bend balancing on their fingertips or something. But if you stand on your feet and bend your body, you got the benefit. It's a glandular exercise. The goal is to, to, to exercise the glands. So simple poses are sometimes the best poses. And there's a lot of poses So if you can't do it this way, then you do it another way. I just want to take out that thing that advanced yoga means doing these things that, a uh, uh, body contortion that's also a misconception.
0: Oh my god, well that's a whole other topic we should put on the list for 2022 <laughs> yeah. is if there should be such a thing as advanced right. yoga or right. levels of yoga because I have been very turned off by the level you know level two three four mm-hmm. you know advanced level intermediate like at yoga studios because I right. think well what does that really mean and are you advanced physically are you advanced spiritually like what mm-hmm. what does that mean i mean that's like a whole other
1: yeah, and it also feels the ego they may have, they may have come in a little bit less ego and as they became more advanced it became more more egotistical. Because- <laughs> so i mean it it's not it doesn't work too well it's we should but the the idea is it's it doesn't because we constantly trying to qualify yoga in parameters that we've learned all our life in materialism Mm -hmm. and it it, it's it's just a no-go it's a non-starter and we need to just sit back and rethink and be um yeah um yeah to to it needs to take a little bit of the pressure out of the balloon sometimes and Mm -hmm. um, you know yeah yeah and and to give people confidence that hey the way i'm doing it or just trying to refine the physical body and mental body that is that is progress
0: yeah for sure well i just love this today satyam i'm so glad that you wrote me and that we were able to do this and talk about this because it is an important topic and it's important i mean you've been doing the living yoga series for a year and a half almost or a year right and we have so many episodes with satyam teaching us so many good things and i feel like we're still just scratching the surface because yoga is complex like Mm -hmm. the concepts are complex and and yet very simple at the same time and you know it's i appreciate so much what you're bringing to this show and to our community satyam and to my life because it's so rich and worth talking about what yoga really is and and what are we really doing with it what does it really mean i mean everything we've talked about for the last year has been so profound and important.
1: Yeah, no, well, it's been wonderful. Um, and uh, you know, certainly you've created this really wonderful open platform for us to pursue this. And I really appreciate everyone tuning in today and coming up with great questions and great comments. And there's no such thing as a bad question or I ask something or I also, we all learn and we learn together. And um, so whatever question anyone asks. That was meaningful because you know what? There's a lot of other people who might have the same question but didn't have the gumption to ask, or maybe, or didn't know about the show. But when they watch it in the replay, they say, "Oh, I'm glad someone asked that question." So I really appreciate all the participation and openness, and uh, just it was, it was, yeah, good. I appreciate the whole platform. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's so great. And Siam's going to be back in two weeks, the first Tuesday in August. And I believe our topic is, I'm a yoga teacher, now what? So yes. for all of you guys who have gotten your yoga teacher certification or are an active teacher or interested in being a teacher, I think that's gonna be great because even I've been through the training and I'm, I'm thinking those same thoughts I am of like, well, now what do I do with it, you know, and I have ideas, but you know, it's, I think it's gonna be a great, another great topic.
1: Yeah, I think so. and. Uh, yeah, the more people participate, the the merrier. But yeah, that's a big topic. And it's for people, anyone who's interested in growing their practice, come on in.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Satyam. And thank you to everybody who's been watching. And um, I will actually see you guys next week. So have an amazing weekend as well, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much. Thank you, Satyam.
1: Thank you.